Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Grind. I am your host, Colin Morgan, and five days a week, I aim to motivate, educate, and inspire you to live the life of your dreams. I interview some of the most successful and inspiring people, along with sharing insight of my own in order for you to not only be successful in what you're doing, but prosper in business and life. The show is for grinders. People who don't just have dreams, but are willing to lay it all on the line and grind for what they want. Welcome everyone to The Daily Grind. Hey grinders. Recently, I've started to rebuild my website using Wix. See, in the past, a website for a non-techie person like myself was really a pain in the butt. I had to find someone to build the site, relay what I wanted, pay thousands of dollars only to have to go through months of editing and eventually just putting up with what I had. I wanted to start with a blank slate and design my website the way I wanted it. That's why I chose Wix. First, I was able to start building my site and publish it for free. I chose from over 500 stunning templates to find the exact feel and look that I was looking for. I could change, customize, and add anything I wanted wherever I wanted. Now, I've only been working on the site for about an hour a day for the past two weeks. I'm not quite finished yet, but can't believe how quick and easy it's been to use and how professional it looks. What would have taken me months to complete in the past and thousands of dollars, I have completed in only a few short hours myself. Plus, everything is automatically optimized for any device, desktop or mobile, which for me is super important for my business. What I've learned is that building a website doesn't have to cost thousands. It doesn't have to be a headache and can actually be really easy and enjoyable with Wix. To get started using Wix today and get 10% off, go to Wix.com forward slash podcast. Again, that is Wix, W-I-X dot com forward slash podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. On today's episode, we sit down with Aaron Spivak. Aaron is a serial entrepreneur who at 18 years old co-founded Revitasize, an organic cold-pressed juice kitchen serving high-quality juices, smoothies, acai bowls, and a variety of vegan options. In three and a half years, Revitasize has expanded to seven locations throughout Chano and the GTA. Aaron also co-founded a recently launched anxiety blanket company called Hush. Hush blankets are designed to help with sleep anxiety, insomnia, ADHD, and much more. Today on the podcast, Aaron shares his amazing entrepreneurial journey from sleeping in his first location in the back to now with over seven locations and two businesses. Everyone, there's a lot of lessons to be learned in this. Grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, sit back and dive deep in today's interview with Aaron Spivak. Enjoy. Well, Aaron Spivak, welcome to The Daily Grind. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Super excited that you're here. And uh, Aaron, for the people out there being first introduced to you today, if you wouldn't mind just kind of sharing a little bit more of who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, of course. So, I'm here to be back. I'm, I'm based out of here in Canada, Toronto. Um, I run two businesses. One named Revitasize, which is a cold-pressed organic juice shop. Uh, we specialize in cleanses and acai bowls. And we've got uh, eight locations throughout the GTA and Toronto. 
And then the other business is called Hush Blankets, and we sell sleep-inducing blankets that use the power of weight and distribution of it to help you relieve some anxiety and some insomnia issues to achieve a better overall sleep. That's awesome, man. And what's your story? Like, how did you get into entrepreneurship? When you were younger, did you ever think that you would be, you know, owning two businesses? <laughs> no, not, but I mean, I, I was definitely the, the lemonade stand kid at some point. Okay. Uh, but I, it wasn't really like an entrepreneurship aspect. I just really enjoyed uh, providing for people, whether yeah. it be lemonade or my mom used to knit these hats and I'd bring them to people in school and I'd sell them sometimes or I'd give them away and uh, we'd do window cleaning with my friends by knocking on doors. So yeah, there, there was definitely an aspect of, of kind of making money to it, but just going out there and being able to provide a service and be, you know have people be happy with it. Uh, was always kind of that feeling I was chasing. Gotcha. Now, were you? Uh, I mean, I think I see from your social media you you were into hockey. Absolutely, yeah. Played uh, played competitive hockey since I was five years old. Um, in Toronto, we have something called AAA, which is our yep. tier one hockey. Uh, then I played junior A, which is tier two junior hockey, and then I played collegiate uh, locally for York University. Awesome, man. Well, uh, what did what did growing up in sports and specifically hockey like? How do you think that prepared you for what you're doing now in entrepreneurship? I mean, it's quite interesting, actually. I mean, now that I've, I've been in it for a while, I start to see certain things that that I do or the way I think uh, when comparing to people who haven't necessarily played competitive sports. Yeah, um, you kind of see the parity in the sense of understanding of there's opportunities, there's times where although you want to be the go-to guy or the person who's called on, you know, to do that exciting thing or take that position that is necessarily, might not necessarily be the best thing for the, the overall group, the team or the company. So it's cool to see that I naturally just gravitate to whatever's best for the company, whether it is me being the guy or not, uh, just kind of thinking team first, which has definitely helped me as I've started to build teams around me and sort of being a part of different groups and different organizations. Yeah, absolutely. I always say, I think athletes make tremendous entrepreneurs because they bring you, you bring that work ethic and discipline that you learned as, you know, for you in hockey and teamwork and, and, and all of that with you into entrepreneurship. Aaron, for you, like what was, how did you get into cold press juices? Like why was that the avenue for you? It was, uh, it was interesting. I mean, uh, started with with my mom actually. She she did a seventy day juice cleanse, which is pretty insane. Seventy is intense. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty much unheard of. Um, she did it. You know, she changed her whole life around with it. Wow. And uh, we used it. My my brother played professional hockey, and we used it in our training when we trained together, just as a tool to seek better nutrition. Okay. And so it was kind of just something we always did in our home. Uh, but my mom obviously got crazy results with her cleanse, and we got crazy results as athletes. So people were just interested. They wanted us to juice for them. They didn't want to do it on their own. They never tried it. It's a huge headache. Um, so we would just started juicing for people in these mason jars that we got a Canadian tire. And one thing led to the next. And their friends started wanting it. And the next thing you know, we have a mini juicing facility in our house. And people come to our door. And like, <laughs> like we, had, we had one point people knock on our door and be like, is this the house to pick up juices? We're like, really? Like, sure. Yeah. Like, what do you want? <laughs> like, you know, we have like, a fridge in the basement full of them. But. Yeah, it was it was really that, and it wasn't until um, kind of it progressed to a point, and, and my other brother, who was working full time at the time, kind of left and joined, and where we sat down and said, okay, like 
this either going to stop because this is not a house anymore, it's a production facility, or we're going to take this seriously. And uh, we obviously made the decision to take it seriously and move out of the house and start uh, building a business around it. So when you decided to move out of the house, because <laughs> obviously you wanted it to be your house, you get a facility. Yeah. I mean, what was that big first step for you? Like, did you have to go find funding from someone or did you use funds yourself? Like, what was that process like? So, yeah, like we working out of the house, we were basically making money with minimal expenses, pretty much zero expenses. Yeah. Um, so we were able to save. Uh, obviously, we've never opened up a store before. Actually, none of us even worked at a restaurant before. Which wow. Probably would have been hand, which probably would have been handy, right? Oh, no before. doubt. But, <laughs> and uh, so we undershot, obviously, what we needed. So we thought we had enough. We ended up not having enough, which, um, as you can imagine, is like the worst thing ever. And uh, it crippled <laughs> us. It definitely crippled us. You know, we signed these leases and we couldn't finish building our store. So uh, some unfortunate and fortunate circumstances happened where, you know, we were able to reach out to some friends and family and you know, ask you know, for anything that would help. Uh, we were able to kind of crowdfund and liquidate whatever asset we could get our hands on and, you know, allow get people to give us some better terms and do whatever possible so we could get the door open. But when that door did open, it was literally, you know, sink or swim on day one. Yeah. Um, which is pretty wild to think of because most businesses will lose for a period of time until they can get their feet under them. We didn't have that time. We just had like one day. It's like if we didn't make our money that day, we couldn't buy produce to, to operate the next day. Wow. So, uh, we were fortunate to have a lineup on opening day and, and have the community come and support us. And, you know, we hit the ground running. So day one, when you open, you got to hit these targets or else you're closing day two. I mean, what did you guys do in order to prepare yourselves, not just for like internally, but what did you do to bring customers in to have that lineup day one? I mean, if you ask me today, I'd say I have, I'd create a whole plan and this whole launch and I'd have influence, I'd have everything set up, you know, in retrospect right but yeah, yeah back then one it was 18 you know my brothers were coming off of working corporate jobs not being in the entrepreneurship world so you know we really were relying on the people who were buying from us at our house uh, friends family uh, we had a very strong community pool my my family as a whole you know been living in this community for a while we opened up our store like a kilometer away from our house um, so we were really reliant on the community but there was no it was there was no special magic. We didn't do anything special. We literally yeah. said, "Hey, everyone! Like we're opening on Tuesday, and at seven a.m. we unlocked the doors, and we're like, is anyone gonna show up?" <laughs> we didn't even have a debit machine, right? We, we forgot you even needed that, and um, it was it was quite incredible. Like we sold out of everything in like a couple hours. And wow! I think we did like a forty-eight hour shift. We were brushing, sleeping in the back of the store, and like brushing our teeth in the morning. And, <laughs> yeah, we still got our toothbrush there for like commemorative sakes, you know. But um, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's what it was. Awesome, man. So at what point did it go from you guys sleeping in the store, going day by day, like you got to make money in order to get produce for the next day? At what point could you guys start to breathe a little bit and realize, wow, we actually have a, a really strong business here? I mean, being like naturally just being an entrepreneur, you're always worried that, you know, today's today, great, but what's, what's tomorrow going to be like? Yep. And in, in this world, tomorrow's never guaranteed. So we, we still have that fear till today. Today we still operate with that fear that there's no guarantee that tomorrow is all going to be That's awesome. So, I mean, there was, real, there was no real point where we felt comfortable. Even till today we don't. Um, you know, I remember four months in and we were like, okay, cool, this is nice. We can eat, but, like, we need to move. We need another store. And we opened our second store six months after that. 
uh, and like we were, we just kept running. And um, to be looking back, we never had like a like a boardroom meeting and looked at each other and said, "Okay, like we're gonna look into a new project." Like, yeah. So it was, it was just nonstop. Like we were, we were serving juices, making juices, making smoothies, and then like answering calls and meeting landlords all at the same time. So wow. it was a little messy looking back for sure. Yeah, no doubt. But I think that's how, I mean, a lot of startups happen. There's three of you in that business, right? Or there was at the beginning? Yeah, it was three, four. It was four? four at the it was my two brothers, myself, and my mother. And then as we grew, we figured, because we didn't really have much money, it was much easier to work with family because, you know, in the beginning, it's much cheaper to hire family than it is to hire people. So yeah. uh, my dad joined along, and uh, as the year went on, my, my other brother joined along. But my youngest brother was still in high school, but... As he as years went on, he started working with us a bit, and now he's he's doing his own thing. So uh, it's become a, a full fledged family business, which is great, and we're so we're really lucky to do that. To be honest, it's very unconventional in terms of the way it was built, because usually it's like a father or mother have a long standing business and the kids take it over. But yeah, uh, this was built from the ground up, so it's quite special in that aspect. That's awesome, man, and the ability for you guys to to do it as a family together. I I think that that's like most people they they struggle most people can't work with family what do you guys think you've done in order to be successful as a family in business together well there's no there's no secret recipe that's for sure like we, yeah. it's not like we have a we have a special connection that no one else has i mean we obviously have have our fights we're also you know very different in age uh so as time goes on certain people have different priorities in their life that they want to hit and that that stuff changes um I think the one thing that has kind of protected us in a sense is that uh, we've kind of never let it come between us as a family. We've been very good at separating business and family. Yeah, you know, We've gotten into, into fights, and then we'll go and have dinner an hour later. Um, so, I mean, that aspect is very very special. I mean, I can imagine that there's certain families that will take the, 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 fam, the business home, and, and it'll just never stop. So we've been able to do it so far and, and it's been great. And it's, as the business progressed, it's been really nice to see all of us grow in our own aspects and everyone kind of appreciating that. And it's been really healthy. Yeah, it's awesome, man. And, and for you, I mean, you have hush blankets now looks like you're continuing to grow and look for more and strive <laughs> like for you. Like I'm a big believer that, you know, behaviors that the results you're getting are direct in correlation with the behaviors that you have, you obviously have great winning daily behaviors. What are some things you do on a daily basis to keep you motivated, to educate yourself, to stay up with the time? Like what are some things you're doing? Well, I mean, I love to learn. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of like addicted to learning new things. Um, I've really audited my friend group as harsh as that sounds. No, it's um, real. O- over the years, I've, I've been really aware of, the type of friends I have and, and where they kind of, what they mean to me. I mean, I, I think that I kind of judge them as three types of friends. There's the one friend that you may have that generally doesn't really want you to succeed. And then there's, which is kind of easy to tell. So those are easy to cut out. Yep. And then there's the really difficult one to catch where they want you to do really well, as long as it's not better than them. Mm. And that's the hard one to True. catch. And then there's, then there's a third one who just generally wants you to do well. And that's obviously the one you want, but is really pay, being aware and paying attention to that that second one, that phase of, you know, they they don't want you to to be that good, just good enough. You know, they want you to be healthy but not healthier. They want you to be successful but not more successful. 
Um, and I've been really good at trimming that up and really surrounding you know, myself with people that I admire, to be honest. I mean, my, my brothers, I admire some of the things that they do. And my mom, I admire. And my partner and Hush, like, you know, I give them credit for the fact that I'm reading. I give them credit to the fact that I schedule myself every single day the way I do. Um, so my circle is to me, like one of my, one of my best friends, like he's only, he's the only reason I'm working out right now. Yeah. You know, so that circle is, is a huge factor in kind of what I do on a daily basis. And it's important to me for sure. Yeah. Sh- show you your friends or what do they say? Show me, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And it's real. <laughs> and like what oh, you're, yeah. t- what you're talking about is super real. Cause as you start to, to grow and expand and learn more and more, you find out that, maybe some of your friends aren't really your friends. Like I, I view them almost as like buddies, right? Like they're, they're the type of friends that you go and you have a beer with once a month after hockey. You don't really speak about anything other than maybe sports or something like that, right? Like they're not really yeah. truly friends. They're not really wanting you to succeed because they're a lot of times they're just insecure with themselves, which is okay, but it doesn't help you. Yeah. And, and it's fine, you know, to understand that some people are, are, they have that internal battle and you want to obviously be there for them. You want to be that third friend. You want to be that person who's always encouraging other people. Cause you know, in return, I find that once you start doing that, you start attracting people who are kind of the same. Yeah. And you'll start surrounding yourself with people that is the same. And it's really easy to tell. Like sometimes, you know, you'll have a win and anything can be a win. Like, you know, our Kickstarter is a win. You're opening a new store or just working out every day is a win. And, you know, I look around like who's celebrating that win with you. You yeah. know, like, I had my buddy like this morning literally be like, dude, I can't believe you've been working out for three weeks. Like he was, he went, he like, kept a calendar in his head about my progress. He didn't have to, he could just go. <laughs> post to someone who notices you're working out and just be like, oh yeah, like I've been working out for like four or five weeks. You know, so. Yeah. Hey, man, I think you cut out there a little bit. If you can hear me, it's just saying reconnecting on my end. Oh, there we go. There we go. Got it. Back? Yeah, we're back. Awesome. Yeah, I think you were just talking about, uh, if you wouldn't mind just repeating that, just about your buddy who recounted the last three weeks. Oh, I think yeah. That's your time. Yeah. 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 So just the other day, like, you know, my friend says, hey, I just want to say, like, it's incredible that you know, you've been, you've been so consistent that you're working out and like he kept a tab in his head about my progress and, and my wins and things that I'm doing good at, you know, and, you know, and and it means a lot to have someone else like, you know, kind of see you, you know, as, as humans, we just want to be seen, like we want to be recognized for a couple, like the good and the bad and everything we want to be recognized for it. Right. And some people don't want to see your wins because it hurts them inside because their own insecurities kind of get brought out and maybe they don't feel like they're matching up. Right. So, and it's and if you can build genuine relationships where it doesn't matter where you're at or where your friends at and everyone just wants the best for each other and, and it's genuine, then you start to build, you know, quite a pace and quite a routine and everyone starts to really grow at a rapid pace and it's quite magical really to see. Yeah, totally. And and I think that that's something that really people struggle with. So for people out there who are in the process of, you know, getting started, they want to start a business or they're starting a business their friend group isn't as strong as they want it to be. Like, what are some things they can do in order to, I don't like to say like funnel out their friends, but what are some ways in which they can find, you know, people who are going to bring them up? 
Yeah, I mean, if, if it's, uh, it's not going to be like a conscious thing where you just say, okay, like, I'm going to make a list of my friends and their attributes. And if, not me, if it doesn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, I've seen that. Yeah, <laughs> people have done that. And that doesn't work. It's just kind of understanding what your values are. Your deep, like, your core values that you won't change for anything else. Yeah. And really understand them. Like, you can write those down, to be honest. I write them down. Like, they're very clear to me. They're in my goals. They're built in every single thing I do. They're built into my days. They're built into, like, who I talk to. They're built into everything, right? And nothing will will be more important than my core values. And you'll start to realize, once you start to live by those values, that, you know, maybe so-and-so doesn't line up with, with my values. You know, maybe he's just, or, he, or she's just not. And she doesn't have to be. I mean, it's not her fault. You can't approach someone and be like, hey, like, you don't line up with me. you got to change this and that and that. It's just people will naturally start to gravitate to you, and you'll start to gravitate, gravitate away from certain people, and it's a process. It takes time. Like, you know, my evolution of friends has been a five-year process. Yeah. I didn't just, I didn't just call everyone up and say, hey, man, like, it's been real. Thank you. Bye. You know? <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's just, like, people who realize, like, okay, you know what? Like, me and Aaron just don't vibe anymore. And and we still see each other and it's great there's no hard feelings but it's just not where we want to spend our time because he has his values and I have mine um, so if you can get really clear on what who you want to be around and, and I mean I'm spending a little bit of time on this but I actually can drive this one home don't uh, don't fake your values yeah true. Um, people will just aspire they'll write down like oh I want to be committed or I want to be disciplined or I don't want to smoke or I don't want to drink and they just like it's just a wish list but real genuine values that you will not break for nothing. And, and I can give people an example for mine. Mine is my relationship with, with my parents, mm. right? There, yeah. is, there, there is nothing that will break that for me. If someone goes to me and says, oh, I hate my mom and dad, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, you should probably fix that. Like, let's fix that. And they're just anti-parent people. Just, just as an example, it's just not going to connect. I'm not going to be around someone who just hates their parents because I'm the exact opposite. Our values won't align. Right. So, or if I have something, so that's just one concrete value that I have. Yeah. And then it can be anything. It can be, you know, being active. It can be playing sports. It can be whatever it is, eating three times a day, not eating, whatever it is. You've got to really have that concrete. And once you do, like things just start to line up and it's, it's amazing and it's a process. And totally. It's cool to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. So this is a bit of a right term, but I mean, you played fairly high level sports and hockey, and I'm sure there was a point in your career where, I mean, you had aspirations of probably making it to the highest level. The realization of the point for you where you no longer were going to play hockey competitively, was that like, was that a tough moment for you? Yeah, of course. It was, it was one of the, the hardest things ever. I mean, I was uh, you know, Revitalize Science was, was started and established. We had two locations and I was still playing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even my brother, like for him to quit pro, like our store was open and it was like a last minute decision for him to quit. So, I mean, any athlete and, you know, if you're not like bound by some injury or, you know, things are not necessarily going poorly for you, uh, it's tough to just be like, okay, how important is my time and is it worth it? Yeah. And for a long time it was, and yeah, it was, it was clear. And it was also like, for me, it was, it wasn't just hockey. It was school at the same time. It was like a double decision. It was like, okay, am I going to drop out of school and drop hockey both in the same So you year? dropped out of school too at the same time. Wow. Yeah, it was a, it was a double drop. And actually I give a lot of credit to my partner, Leor, cause he's a big time guy. And now I'm a big time guy actually because of him. And I, we put such an emphasis on the time within the day that, 
I started to calculate the time I spent at the rink and the time that I spent studying and the time I spent in class and the commute. I started to realize so that true. if I can get those hours back, I'd be a lot closer to where I want to be than if I didn't. And yeah, it's fun playing hockey. And yeah, it was actually, there's nothing fun about school, but <laughs> the hockey part was fun. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, I miss it, but it wasn't, it, it, again, my values spoke true to where my time should have been spent. And, um, had to make the decision and it turned out to be one of the best decisions I made but yeah it was it was gut-wrenching for sure yeah no doubt but you did something that not a lot of athletes do is you were sort of I mean you had a business going at the time too so you were preparing for essentially life after sorts even probably though you didn't think that you needed it yeah I mean it was more of like when when I started to build that relationship with time I started to realize that like okay, you're at the rink for an hour on the ice, maybe an hour before, maybe an hour after, maybe an hour in commute. Like it's four hours out of your day that you're, that you're technically busy. You know, what are you doing the rest? Like there's still another 12 hours that you can do stuff with. And most guys will play video games or work out or, you know, just be on their phone or whatever it is they want to do. And I couldn't do that. I had to stay busy. And I, I was able to actually run a business. I was fortunate to have partners who allowed me to, take those four hours and go play hockey every day. Of course. um, Yeah, it was, I mean, for me, even now, I do still do the workout. It's not four hours, but it's probably two hours in total. still cut out, but um, there's there's just a lot of free time. And I I think when people start to really realize the time in the day and and how they can map it out, and if they map it out properly, they'll realize that they spend, they waste a lot of time, unfortunately. A hundred percent. And, you know, that's something that, I mean, I was a professional golfer. I struggled after, and I think a lot of even top-tier athletes, like ones who have succeeded at the highest level, they even have the most difficult time transitioning. And I think a lot of times you transition, they haven't prepared themselves for it. So once the lights are off, the fans stop cheering, people don't wear their jerseys, or like the community's not behind them, now you're starting like everyone else, and it's super difficult. Yeah. And, and that's why it's super valuable to think about that, that stuff while you're in it. Yes. Uh, not necessarily to need to start a business or do something dramatic, but you need to take in to the fact, like I tell people all the time, like when people are in the NHL or in playing professional or whatever it is, like you're on the stage now. Like, you should be building just your name yourself. You should be building those 100%. and those relationships because eventually it'll be over. Yeah. And if you don't have, if you didn't build all that, that entire time, then you're really going to be starting from scratch. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a realization you need to take in, and there's you know professional athletes for the most part have a ton of free time. Lots, lots, <laughs> lots of free time. Aaron, for you, man, like this is a question I love to ask entrepreneurs like yourself. But say you could go back in time and sit down with the 18 year old version of yourself and not change anything, but maybe offer a piece of advice or piece of guidance. I'm wondering for you what that would be. Um, it's a good question. To, to the real thing, if I can go back and, and speak to 18 year old Aaron, um, I would just give him a hug and tell him it's it's all gonna be good, <laughs> and just say, hey, it's it's gonna be all right. The wins, the losses, all of it, it's just it's all gonna be good. Yeah. And I think and I think that's something that every entrepreneur chases is just someone to say, hey, man, it's it's gonna be fine. Because entrepreneurship is lonely and not too many people care about your business as much as you do. There probably will never be anyone who cares about your business as much as you do. 
and there's no one to look up to and be like, hey, what do I do now? Uh, you're kind of looking in the mirror all day, every day. And it would be nice if 18-year-old Aaron had a 24-year-old version that came to him and said, hey, man, just keep going. You'll be fine. Absolutely. And, uh, that's, that's, the one, that's what I would do. You got it, man. Well, if people, if people want to reach out to you, Aaron, um, connect with you, follow along on your journey, check out your uh, Revitasize and Hush Blankets business, where's the best place they can go? Yes, on Instagram, it's at Revitasize or at Hush Blankets. And for me, it'll be at E-H-S-P-I-V, A-S-P-I-V. Definitely starting to share a lot more about what we're doing and uh, just because I've got a lot of questions and stuff, so it'd be really nice to uh, just share that and get some feedback and meet all different people in the space and see what kind of challenges people are are dealing with. And maybe it won't be so lonely if we talk to each other. (laughs) But uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Well, I'm going to share all these links, everyone, so you can go ahead and visit both those websites. Uh, Follow Aaron on social media. Visit his uh, LinkedIn profile. Make it super simple. And now, Aaron, the way we end the show here on The Daily Grind is I'm going to give you the floor, and you have the opportunity today to share with our audience the thought of the day. So one thing or one thought that we can all go home with today. Hmm, That's a really good one. Be the person that you want to be best friends with and it connects to who you attract and also connects to generally uh, loving yourself and appreciating who you are and celebrate your wins any win small big really celebrate it enjoy it give yourself a pat on the back Uh, no matter how big or how small you definitely deserve it and just keep going love it And as you can see from this interview, everyone, success is driven by passion, hunger. And today, the people who you have in your corner, everyone has to overcome obstacles. Everyone has a story. Start building yours today. Today, we had the chance to speak with the amazing Aaron Spivak. Aaron, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule, man, and coming on the show here with us today. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. And everyone, if you like today's episode, you found value in it, first of all, be sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Then go ahead, drop us a comment. Let let us know what you liked. Also, share this out with a friend. Until next time, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding. Yeah.